0: There was an idea
1: to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become
2: Ron and Anian. It's like when you live, eat and breathe cars. You know, so last night after what five days of fixing cars, what do you what do you do on Friday night? You drive over to Jimmy's house and I helped Jimmy put the engine back in the Shelby Mustang, which was kind of cool. That was uh that was sort of a fun deal. The car
3: doctor. I had previously talked to you about this thing. I first went to a GM dealer to try to buy the pressure switch that goes on the back of the Reservoir, and you you can't get that now. Yeah, it's obsolete. So I, yep. So I went to the salvage yard for forty eight bucks. I got it shipped to my door, and it cured the problem. Bing bang boom. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Ananian, the Car Doctor. Since nineteen ninety one, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. <laughs>
2: If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines this Memorial Day weekend, and we're here to kick things off and we talk about all sorts of things automotive. We've got a great two hours coming up for you, and uh, we're going to kick it right off and jump right in. I am Ron in the car doctor. I guess I should get that out. I want to shout a to of my guys on the other side of the glass, Tom and Tony. I have a full team with me today. Uh, I see the New York City trains finally figured it out. It only took them 111 years. They finally got it right. Hey, what do you know? We can, get, we can actually get somebody somewhere. When they get on at this end and zip, they go with, you know, we're going to talk about that this hour or next hour because I want to talk about how that relates to, yeah, let's come out with autonomous cars. That'll really work. But right now I want to let's just for fun, you know, uh, it's it's hot rod time. Okay, Uh, I've had the hot rod out myself the last three days. Uh, If you get out to the Facebook page, actually I should put that on the Car Doctor Facebook page. I have it on my personal, but it was just fun taking a ride up 287 here in North Jersey, blasting along. And I came across an article, and I'm reading it, and I'm going, gee, it's all about bringing your hot rod into the modern era. And they quote a gentleman by the name of chuck wanamaker waldwick auto in waldwick new jersey and i'm going wait i know that name that sort of sounds familiar wait a minute that's chucky around the corner and we were due to have him on this weekend we want to talk about the waldwick community alliance and what is fast becoming a regional car show uh coming up in waldwick i think uh next weekend is it next weekend chucky's going to tell us all about it and let's uh let's grab him and get him on the phone so here he is courtesy of tom ray and the phone system mr chuck wanamaker how are you today chucky Good, Ron. How are you guys doing? Good. Gee, you hit the big time here, brother. Uh, Bring your hot rod into the modern era, and they start quoting Chuck Wanamaker of Waldwick Auto. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Um, uh, You know, this article, and I I guess this kind of relates to our conversation today. We were going to talk a little bit about the Waldwick Community Alliance. You guys have been having this car show now for, uh, you know, is is it it a dozen years yet, Chuck? Am I dating myself? This will be the 10th year. Yeah, I thought it was coming up I was around that neighborhood. Um, and it's interesting what you say here. You start talking about, you know, building a hot rod, getting a muscle car together, and some of the changing trends and the way you're seeing, you know, what people want. Um, what's hot right now? What are you seeing out there in the way of muscle cars? What are people chasing?
0: Well, probably the latest thing I see a lot of guys is with the 80s and 90s styles cars, because a different generation that's getting involved, which is a good thing. At least they're getting involved. Um, versus the older cars that, that you and I do have,
2: right? Yeah, um, yeah. I was at I was at the Bootin car show here in North Jersey. You're familiar with Bootin, but I was up yeah. here in Bootin last night, and there was a '78 Pinto in the parking lot. I said, No, this can't be. But uh, you know, I I I guess I, I, it's it's what everybody enjoyed from high school, right? I, th- I think it goes back to as the generations get older, it's their high school car and what they want to drive.
0: Yeah, what we've been doing on a lot of cars, even like your 55, is we're putting fuel injection, putting five speeds. Well, these 80s cars already have all that. And it's just something that they had a poster in their wall back when they were in high school like we did.
2: Right, yeah. Um, you know, you've been doing the car show in Waldwick now for 10 years, as you said. If you think back over the 10 years, has and I guess the answer is yes, but the, the, the style and the breed of cars has changed probably dramatically.
0: Yeah, if there was a couple of '80 style cars back in the day, there's going to be quite a more this year than there's ever been. Um, that's just a generation. They're changing. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I recently bought an IROC Z, and I can say I really enjoy it.
2: Well, and i, I got to tell you, there was a really neat uh, 78 IROC uh, yesterday, or last night at Putin. And it's just, you know what? Yeah, you look at it, and you go, wow, I remember those. And I guess that's what car shows are about, right? It's it's the memory and seeing something you haven't seen in maybe 25 years. Uh
0: yeah, if they're not the most powerful cars, at least stock they weren't. But at least they were reliable.
2: Right, right. So if somebody's out there, in, in your opinion, um, and I know you buy a lot of cars. By the way, I, sh- I should ask. Your wife's not listening today, right? How many? No. How many cars are in the Wanamaker collection now? Uh,
0: about hundred
2: fifty. Yeah. Are you sure? Have you lost? You know how do you how do you count them all, Chucky? I mean.
0: Well, I say it that way because we have some cars that are projects that ain't done, so I really wouldn't consider them right. done. Right. But that's always been the case. We have, a you know, quite a few little cars that we got involved with. But buried, recently, I just bought a few modern cars that, in the 80s and 90s.
2: Buried myself. somewhere in the bowels of the Catskills is this collection, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. where I am today, actually. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Um, the bar and the project is all done. You have your little maker Museum up there? Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to, maybe we'll go up there one day and do a remote from the Wanamaker Museum. Um, that would be a good YouTube channel expose. Uh, Oh,
0: that would be awesome. There's a lot to see.
2: Yeah. I bet there is. Um, let's talk about next weekend. So what, what what are the classes and, you know, what, what goes into setting up a car show?
0: Oh my God, we've been we've been really beat up. <laughs> Every year, it's just just trying to get sponsors to help you support it. It's all non for profit. It, it benefits the train station that's near you. It benefits the VFW that's near me. It's both sides of the tracks from you and I, actually. Yeah. Um, most customers or viewers or hearers may not know that, but that's what we're doing it all for. Maintain our area. between you and I. Right. And it makes it look great. We do a hard. Uh, a lot of hard work of doing it, getting the sponsors like you, guys, like yourselves, and other garages, and uh, big guys like Edelbrock. They support us every single year. It's just a fundraiser to maintain what we what we got.
2: It's it's the grassroots effort to to accomplish something, at a at a very specific level. You know what are the, what are the categories for a car show like yours, Chuck? What do you you know? or Does it range? Is it is it hot rod custom? Is it by year? Is it by manufacturer? How do you guys break it up?
0: Well, because of what, because of the vast vehicles we're talking about, I do have a modern muscle class for the new new cars because there's a lot of new Mustangs and Challengers and Camaros that do show up, and these guys there are store bought cars, but they change them dramatically. Yeah. Um. So there is a separate class for those guys. Otherwise, we got top thirty-five, which could be a 32 ford or it could be that 78 pinto you were just talking about it there's a lot in that class Um, we have an import we have a truck class um most likely to get pulled over there's plenty of cars out there that shouldn't be on the road and these guys do bring them to us so they end up getting an award for that uh it's kind of a fun thing we have the judges they have the pick um that's about it we have the best of show like every like everybody does what did you
2: what did you add to the water water maker collection this year
0: um, well, as mentioned, I, I bought a couple of 80s cars. I bought an IROC Z. It's an 88 with like 40,000 miles on it. They're really coming up in, in value those cars. Or 89, I'm sorry. Uh, Grand National, well, an 87 Grand National. They've, that they've, car has got 8, Yeah, they've, they've
2: always been worth a few bucks, and it seems like it's climbing.
0: Yeah, I'd really love to have a GNX, but they're a $150,000 car right now. Wow. Regular Grand Nationals, those are at least somewhat affordable, but the one I bought's got 8,000 miles, so it's climbing in price. Every day that we own it. Um, I a, bought some classics, a '57 Chevy and those kind of cars. We bought a few of them.
2: I had a friend uh, list this week. He's a young man in the service, and he was talking. He's home from Afghanistan. He was talking about buying his first muscle car, and I thought about our conversation we were going to have today. And he's out trying to find an '83 to '87 SS Monte Carlo, and and I had to walk him down the list of what to look for, and you know how to go about finding it, and. You know, even those cars. Now, I don't know where they. I don't know what the real number is, but we saw a lot of nice cars. We were looking together online, and you see a lot of nice cars, fifteen to twenty-five grand. And and you know, you ask yourself, will that ever become a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar car? But I guess you never really know. It depends on which way the market takes it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so what generation? to generations what's driving the value of these cars. Um, the older, older guys, they really like the, the 30s and 40s cars, aren't so much into it as much as now as the guys that are 50 years old that are more into the, uh, the modern 80s, 90s cars that they really had back in the day. It's always what they had back in the day is what it comes down to.
2: So do you think it ever gets to the point where, you know, that 32 Ford 5-window coupe goes down in price or that, that big block Camaro from the 60s goes down in price? Maybe not in the next 10 years, but maybe 25 years from now. You know, it's just dad's older, noisy car.
0: I guess we wish we all knew that for sure. Otherwise, we all would have bought Dodge Daytonas, <laughs> 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 and we all be retired right about now because yeah. everyone went crazy for them. But twenty years from now, those cars may be worth half a million dollars. Yeah, how do we know?
2: You just don't know.
0: Yeah, um, you, you, maybe the IROC Z or my Grand National with low miles on be worth a hundred thousand. I can only hope. Right. Um, but it's it's all the guys that drive it. We see it at the makeup car auctions. There's guys fighting over 80 style, 90 style, or even a 57 Chevy. They want what they want. That price of that car went crazy.
2: If if you could pull one car out of your collection and drive it this weekend, Chuck, what's it going to be?
0: You know, I we just bought a 69 vet, so I actually I'm anxious to go take that for a ride. To be honest with you.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, are, are are most of the cars stock production vehicles? So when you drive that '69 vet, is it going to be '69 technology or is it modified? Yes. So it's going this to be. This car
0: is all stock. It's yeah. a 350 four-speed, bare-bones stock car, but it's really really nice car. And I just haven't had a chance. I bought it a couple of weeks ago. We fixed up some things on it yesterday. And I'm anxious to drive it today. Now That's do you, probably.
2: do, you, do you ever get in those cars and go, really? This is the way it was.
0: I guess I'm so used to. It. I drive a a, a 70 style car, and to me, they drive mindless compared to my 32 coupe. That's a handful. Right. Um, so I guess some of those are so easy to drive compared to the older ones.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. It's 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 the hobby of 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 hot rods and collectibles. Um, I get it. So hey, Chucky, next weekend is the car show, correct? Yes, June Wild- 3rd, Waldwick. That's uh, June 3rd. That's going to be at the Waldwick train station. If you happen to be in North Jersey. Um, or you're planning on coming in? And the show runs what all day? Uh, Nine to three, something like that. Nine thirty
0: to three o'clock. I mean, we have the um, we're having the beer garden at the WCA Hall, which is good for the guys to have um, a little relaxation. We're having Fudgy the Clown for the kids, all kinds. Of, we're having a couple different bands. Elvis impersonator is going to be there. It really should be a good time, and all okay. makes the miles of cars show up. Guys okay. can call me with tractor trailers. Down to motorcycles. Huh. It's really going to be interesting next weekend.
2: A- any um, is there a website they can go to get more information or sign up online?
0: Yeah, our Waldwick Community Alliance is www.waldwickcommunityalliance.com. It is there, and they can actually um, email us through there or however they want to do it.
2: Okay, cool, beans Hey, listen, you have a good rest of the weekend. Uh, I'll talk to you during the week.
0: We're going to go cruise the cruise the vet.
2: Yeah, cruise the vet. You have a good time and relax. You earned it, my friend.
0: Thanks for the help again, Ron. You're
2: very welcome. Anytime, buddy and uh, we're glad to be here for you so uh, yeah we're looking forward to that maybe we'll take blackout um, we'll see you know for me to get the hot rod out and actually wash it and get somewhere all in the same weekend that um, that's a big deal so uh, anyway i'm running any of the car doctor 8555609900 we're coming back to kick the garage doors open right after this don't go away Don't you
3: hate when you need some expensive part or service? It sure makes maintaining your car a frustrating task. Thankfully, Pep Boys has over a million parts in stock, like batteries, filters, brake pads, and more. And if you need a little extra help, the Pep Boys will install the part for you. Since 1921, Manny Moe and Jack's legacy has been to provide quality parts, service, and tires to people everywhere. So the next time you need car advice or simply want a service done, head to the pros. Visit your local Pep Boys or shop online at
2: PepBoys.com. Hey, welcome back. We're on the car doctor, kind of rolling along this hour. Um, hey, Tony, it's 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 nice to see you back, bro. Nice to be seen. Yeah, I. Um, so how was the train ride today? It was fine. Um, no
0: no glitches. You know,
2: I, I called the governor of New York, and I said, look, you're holding up a national radio show. If I can't get Tony here. I'm stuck with Tom Ray, and he said, absolutely, I'll have Tony there today, because uh, nobody should have to endure Tom only two weeks in a row. And uh, so you can thank the governor of New York for getting you here. He, uh, he, he talked to the folks over at Port Authority. I, sure. I'll thank him. Yeah, so, um, yeah please thank them, because I don't have to work directly with Ron right now. Right, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It really is. Um, by the way, we want to just do a quick shout-out and a thank you to – do you guys know who Manny, Mo, and Jack are?
1: They're gonna, um, and they're
2: three not going to be our typecast when they do the car doctor story. They're not going to be like the, you know, the names have been changed to protect the innocent kind of a thing. Manny, Manny Mo, and Jack are the Pep Boys. And we want to do a quick shout-out and a thank you to the folks from Pep Boys because um, they are now um, our official podcast sponsor. So if you're listening to this on podcast, um, we just want to do a thank you and say uh, we thank them for being supportive of us. And uh, we'd like everyone to be supportive of them as well, and uh, you know, just um, just acknowledge that. So, uh, thanks again, guys. We appreciate it. Let's get on over and talk to. Let's go to Walter in uh, Nebraska. Seventy-four Chevy Caprice and some uh, brake pedal issues. Uh, welcome, Walter. How can I help, sir? Ron and Ian at your service.
3: Hi, um, I've like you said, I've got a seventy-four Chevy uh, Caprice Classic and have brake problems. Uh, one day, it just the brake pedal went to the floor and stayed there. Okay. I could pull it back up with my foot and and replace it, but it, it just stays down. Uh, the not, Everybody said, oh, it's the power uh, unit, and the master cylinder says, okay, so I replace that, put a new one in, and same old problem, goes to the floor, stays there, uh, can't get it to come back up, kind of frustrated, and I, I thought maybe I'd call you instead of trying to guesstimate what what's going on there
2: all right so let's let's try and figure this out um, first of all, because it's 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 an older car. I mean, I graduated high school in '74, so we're going back a ways here. Um, if I remember, it was it was horse buggy, and then '74 Caprices came along. That's how long ago this was. Exactly. So yeah, it was exactly. You know, but, but you know, what what is that car? Listen, are are you able to really drive that in Nebraska? I don't think the state's big enough. Um, a '74 Caprice. <laughs> they,
3: they are big. Boats. Yeah, they're yeah. they're ocean liners. Yeah,
2: you could fit ten people in the trunk. Don't ask me how I know. So. Uh you know what I would do is I'm curious is this related to the pedal and I'm just talking here is this related to the pedal or is this on the other side booster master somewhere down the line I wonder what would happen if you if you unplug the booster pulled it off the firewall and stroke the pedal does the pedal move free or is there any binding in the pedal assembly itself Uh
3: it doesn't seem to be Okay
2: no. And there may not be, but I just I just want to cover the bases. All right.
3: Yeah. So, but like I say, I, I've I've replaced the the unit with a new unit already. Right. And I you know, and it it does the very same thing. Well, I'll just
2: remember what new means. Uh, we're we're going to talk about new a little later on this hour because I had a couple of okay. new pieces get me this week too. New means never ever worked. Um, so when the pedal goes to the floor, is it is it right on the floor, Walter? Yeah,
3: pretty much down. So it's all the way. And it just sticks there. Yep, all the way down, sticks there, and I can pull it back up with my toe of my shoe and pull it back, but it's very, very hard to pull back.
0: Okay.
2: So when it's all the way on the floor, if you were to unbolt the master, the master's probably going to come forward as you're unbolting it, correct?
3: I would think so, yeah.
2: I, I would think so, showing that... The booster has extended, because all this is, is there's a push rod on the pedal going into the booster, which right. has a push rod on it, which goes into the master, and then the master makes hydraulic pressure. So exactly, j- just for giggles, put it on the floor, all right? Get it to go to the floor, and then, you know, just slowly back off each nut, a turn at a time. Boom, 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 boom. And if you see the master start to come forward, tighten it back up. I just want to see, is the push rod really forward? All right? Okay. That's number one. Number two, get a shop rag and crack one of the lines at the master. Is it under under pressure? And I guess you could actually do that first instead of taking the master off. But I want to know, for the pedal to physically go to the floor, all right? uh, Let me ask you this question. Before it goes to the floor, is it a good pedal?
3: Uh. yeah, I'd say it's good. It, it, so, so, you know, it's you know, it's enough. If I if I pull it up, I'm able to. I can drive the car, and it will. It'll stop the car if I push it down. But it's sticking down, and I have to okay. pull it pull it back up. So
2: okay. So. I'm trying to think of how to ask this question. If you hit the pedal, here's the here's what I'm gonna I want you to think about this when I when I pull over for this break, Walter, and I'll come back to you. Um, when you step on the brake, if you step on the brake ten times, is it eight times it's a good pedal, two times it's a bad pedal? And that's the answer that I need, and then I can tell you where we're gonna go from it. So don't go away while you think about that. I'm Ron Inning, the car doctor. We're cruising back right after this. Don't go away.
3: Sorry. Ron, it's time
2: to get back to do the show. I don't want to. The song's not over yet. Ron and Anian right now. Okay.
3: Whether it's a little red Corvette or a Hugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and Anian, the car doctor. 855-560-9900.
2: Now back to Ron if Yugo was really a car, Tom. I don't know if that's a fair statement. When Yugo came out in 1988, and I tell this story every time, and it stuck with me all this time. When when Car and Driver reviewed the Yugo, Their their parting comment was, here's a car that has a four-speed shifter that shifts with all the precision of a baseball bat and a barrel of coconuts. And (laughs) I'll never never forget that line as long as I live. That's great. Yeah, I just, I was floored. I just, and they were right. Those cars were just, wow. Uh, That was the first disposable car. Wasn't there some uh, manufacturer that was putting those in the trunk as a spare car instead of a spare tire? I don't remember that, but. I mean, that really was the first. You would never see a Yugo as a self-driving car because it wouldn't go anywhere. It would be the very safest society because you wouldn't be able to get over 20 miles an hour with it, but it would just be like, wowzer. So anyway, let's go back to Walter. Walter, you're still there. Walter? I'm here. Yes, sir. So, yep. so you know, ten, 10 times you hit the brake pedal. How many times does it work and how many times doesn't it?
3: I'd say it's consistent.
2: Okay. So every time you step on this brake pedal, now the pedal goes to the floor and it sticks. Yep. All right. Exactly. If 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 you if you start the engine, is there a red brake light on on the dashboard? No. Okay. So when you pull the pedal back, and you step on it again, you still have a bad pedal. I do. Have you tried bleeding? Does bleeding this pedal make any difference?
3: Uh, well, I've I've bled the master so.
2: Okay, have you, bled, uh, the, have you bled the wheels? I have not. You have to bleed the wheels. Um, okay. You know, unless you're, unless you're very good, I'm not saying you're not, but unless you're very good and you do it in a very specific manner, you can get away without having to bleed the wheels hanging a master. It has been done. We, we, there's a method we'll do at the shop where we'll catch it just right. Um, I still prefer to bleed wheels, but there, it, it has been known to work. But until you, you know, get and make sure that there's no air at the wheels themselves, that's that's step one. All right? Step two. So then you come back next week and you say, hey, Ron, I bled all four wheels. I've got clean fluid. All right, and this car will have a prop valve. This will have a, a, a brass a prop, a proportioning valve mounted on the left frame rail in the area of or around the area of the master cylinder because this is a front disc rear drum car, if I remember right. Correct. Yeah, it is. So yes. this has a prop valve on it. You've got to make sure the prop valve is centered. Now, if you... If
3: that was bad, would
2: that do it? Um, It could, and that's why I'm asking about the brake light. When you turn the key to the on position but don't start the engine, does a red brake light come on?
3: Um, Take a look. I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I might be wrong, but I don't, I don't think so.
2: Because the red brake light was, there should be a red brake light to warn when the prop valve is out of balance. The red brake light came on for two reasons. One, parking brake was on. Or two, the uh, brake proportioning valve was pitched one way or the other, and the little needle inside the prop valve was grounded. All right. There's okay. a there's there's a spool valve in there that would move. So okay. if if it doesn't, and we just want to know. All right. It, you know it's it's and it, it'd be very right. simple. There's a brown wire, or a beige wire on the prop valve. I believe you ground that. There shouldn't be any voltage there. But I would check for voltage. But there shouldn't be any voltage there if you ground that. And you can do it through a fused ground. Make up a fused jumper okay. wire. Ground that. That red brake light on the dashboard should come on. If it doesn't then, you know, maybe the bulb's burned out, and that's something else to be aware of. That's just, you know, something else is wrong. So that that, that that being said, let's bleed the wheels, all right? Let's look at the prop valve. And then I'd want to know, if you still have a bad brake pedal in this car, there are ways. How many lines go to this master? Two? Two. Okay. Can we find some brass plugs that will block off the master? Bleed the master, put the plugs in it? And we should have a rock-hard pedal. You don't get a rock-hard pedal, then you've got a bad new part. New. Never ever worked. All right? Okay. So those are your steps. That's your homework this week. You call me back next week, and we'll take it from there. Okay. All right, Walter? We'll give it a try. Yes, sir. You let me know what happens. Okay, kind of frustrating yeah no no it's 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 a, it's a basic system there's there's not a lot there listen yeah it's, i know it's, it, 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 it,
3: that, that's why it's why it's frustrating it shouldn't be a problem we, we yeah. had
2: a, we had a very nice young man he's 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 friend of my mechanic danny he showed up yesterday studying to become a police officer in one of the nearby towns and he's working on his own car He doesn't have a lot of money he's got a what's he driving he's driving like an 08 Uh, Crown Vic, an an old police car, right? It's kids die hard, Mm -hmm. true and true, and you're just trying to, you know, you got to help the next generation, right? You're trying to raise the, take the village to raise the child mentality. He doesn't have a lot of dough. So he he put calipers and pads on it. He's got a crummy brake pedal. Danny said, can we try power bleeding it for him? I said, yeah, bring it in. He brings it in. The kid's really upset and frustrated. We put it up in the air. I said, let's just look at the basics. Let's, you know, before we start hooking up tools and just pressure bleeding things and so forth, Um, he had the calipers on the wrong side. So he had the left caliper on the right side, the right caliper on the left side, and consequently that means that the bleeder is pointed down instead of up. And, I mean, rookie mistake, but you can't knock him for trying. I had Danny switch the calipers, took us a half hour out of the day. It was our good deed for the day, and we move on. But you know what? He said, I just couldn't figure it out. And he says, and here's the scary part. He goes, I took it to three garages. Everybody looked at it. Nobody could tell me what was wrong. I said, I, I hate to bother Danny, but I know Danny, Danny will help me fix it. And, um, you know, it's it's. he said, I'm really relieved. So, you know, there's a kid that was really frustrated like you. Trust me, when we figure yep. this out, you'll be just as relieved. All right, sir?
3: But it always it always seems like it's something very simple right. after you've figured it out. Yep. But, oh, you know, yeah. While well, you're trying
2: to figure it out. Sti- stick around. So later simple. on later on this hour, I'm going to talk about the uh, 03 Tahoe that had a bad spark plug wire that, I mean, just... How, how much damage could one spark plug wire do? You've got to hear the whole story. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little later on this hour. But that's your homework for today. You do that and uh, call me next week. Let me know what's going on. All right? Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, it. sir. You're very welcome. You take good care. Let's go over to Charlie real quick in Florida, 05 Chrysler Town & Country. Yes, Charlie, Running any in the car, doctor. How can I help?
1: Franz, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I have a 2005 Chrysler Town & Country. Okay. And... Uh, windshield wiper chatter is driving me crazy. Yeah. Um, yep. About eight weeks ago, I went on a kick to put all new wiper blades on all my cars. Everything was fine. I used the same brand on all of them, and uh, except the town and country, when I turned on the windshield wipers, they just chattered like mad. What What okay. brand
2: wipers are you using, Charlie?
1: I started out with Michelin. Okay. Okay. You know, I bought them someplace at a big box store, and they were cheap. But, you know, they make tires. They can't make really bad blades. Um, so I cleaned the windshield. And I mean I really cleaned it with every known detergent and solvent known to mankind. didn't make any difference. I went out and I bought new blades. I bought Trico flex blades, which were, you know, single beam. Um, did not make any difference. Some Rain-X helped a little bit until it ran back and forth maybe 10 or 15 times. And then you kind of wiped the, the Rain-X off. Right. Clean the windshield again, even more.
2: All right, no here's good. here's here's what I want you to do, okay?
1: i got to tell you the rest. Go ahead. I bought a new windshield. Oh, my God. All Had a right. new windshield put in, turned it on, still chattered, okay? I got rid of those blades. I bought another set of Trico blades. you are know, the same type. Put them on, same thing. Now I'm calling you.
2: Okay. <laughs> so before we sell the car... Um, and and, and and we go that route. I will tell you, and this is a long wiper blade. This is a 28-inch blade? That's correct. Yeah. These blades, like, they stretch from here to the end of your arm. And, um, you know, it's... Well, that's because if you, ever, if you ever get stuck in a bad part of town, you can take the blades off and, and, and beat the guy who's trying to break into the car. It's, it's like a safety <laughs> mechanism. Um, I, I'll tell you, the long blades, and not just... The, I don't just use them in the long blade application. I use them in the short blade application, too. I think, if and they're not cheap, but, boy, they are, you know, you get what you pay for. I still like the Bosch icons. I still think it is flat out one of the best blades on the market. They work very well. I've got very long blades on my plow truck. If I put anything but Bosch icons on it, they chatter, they smooch, they they skip, they jump. They do a whole show for me every time I turn them on. Um, The only way I would clean that windshield is Windex and a razor blade a single edged razor blade just scrape it i would do it in the shade you don't want to do this in the sun all right make sure the glass is cool to the touch it seems to react better that way and like
1: i said it's a new windshield well, now just maybe 3 weeks old yeah let's just um, let's just clean it, has it so some we know what rainex on
2: it yeah we don't i don't like rainex rainex and wiper blades don't seem to get along for me for me I you know I, I I still believe we live in a regional world where different things affect different cars in different parts of the country but Rain-X and wiper blades just don't seem to make it You're for right. me. I haven't Have
1: used Rain-X on a race car that didn't have wipers, you know, and it, it worked great. You oh, know, Yeah. As as you go it's just that it's it, it,
2: it seems like the Rain-X eats away at the rubber and the same thing as car washes. Every time you go through a car wash, I've had the experience where I have to wash, you know, clean the glass and then Because otherwise it's going to beat up the blade. So let's do this. Windex, razor blade the glass, a pair of Bosch icons. And while you're at it, make sure the pivot of the arm itself is free and it feels like equal and strong spring tension holding the blade against the glass. That's the only thing left, the arm itself. But let's start with a good set of blades and clean the glass this way. Call me next week if that doesn't work. You can find more information out on the web. Just Google search Bosch icon wiper blades and uh, available at your local O'Reilly Auto parts and uh, all points in between. You can uh, do that and pick those up, and that should work fine for you. Call me back, Charlie. Let me know what happens. 855-560-9900. Ronan the Car Doctor coming back right after this. Hey, welcome back. Ron and Aene, the Car Doctor. 855 560 9900 is the phone number, cardoctorshow.com. I want to take a real quick second here and um, talk a little bit about cause and effect because that's really what auto repair is. Uh, in all the cars I fix, uh, you know, it's what was wrong with it. Everybody always asks what was wrong with the car. Nobody has yet to ask. Nobody has yet to ask. No one has yet to ask. I want to make sure my high school English teacher, Mr. Sterling, if he's listening, doesn't call up and yell at me. A man in yes sir um the why what broke the car and I see some really weird things and 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 this one really got me so watch where this story goes all right two thousand and three Chevy Tahoe came into the shop yesterday Memorial Day Friday all right and you, you know this is this is when you know this is proof of life after death because God's up there going yeah. We'll throw one of these to a nanny and see what he does with it on a Friday, you know, Um, or all your relatives that, you know, you didn't like that have passed on. They're just up there, you know, twiddling their thumbs. Maybe they're not up there. Maybe they're down there. I don't know. So 03 Tahoe that had a check engine light on and a lean fuel code, P0174, bank two lean. Looked at fuel trims. Fuel trim is just a measurement of how balanced the engine is running air fuel-wise, mixture-wise and it it showed twenty five percent meaning that the air fuel mixture was so out of balance it was adding twenty five percent more fuel to the vehicle than its programming than the computer program called for so i i went through the basics and the obvious stuff and it it, it came down to the mass airflow sensor had failed or was was out of calibration it was a it, it clearly wasn't where it was supposed to be by the numbers it had a calculated load number of under 1%. It was supposed to be well over three and a half, four percent 4% at idle. And there were some other things indicating, gee, we've got a mass airflow sensor failure. And then something had me looking around, and I found the PCV valve had popped out of the grommet, out of the valve cover. And I said, wow, why did that happen? And I plugged the PCV valve in just you know, just to make sure mass airflow readings didn't change. So I felt really comfortable. I had a bad mass airflow. But why'd the PCV pop out? And I looked at it. And it was all crudded up. It was a 140,000-mile vehicle. And I'm like, you know, I don't want to just assume anything. So I'm just looking around, and I, I, I did a code scan, no, no other fault codes. And then I said... Let me look at Mode 6. Mode 6 is the testing portion, not to make this technical, is the testing portion of the vehicle's computer that it will show the tests that the computer does to see, hey, is something approaching borderline failure? Is it something on the border? Is it over the line? Where is it? Cylinder 5 was reporting a misfire. Only Cylinder 5. So I said... How can Cylinder 5, why would Cylinder 5 be misfiring? Is there a connection between the misfire, the PCV valve, and the mass airflow sensor failure? And now it's Tony's fault. I have to pull over and take this pause. So when I come back, I'll give you the answer. Ron and Andy in the car, doctor. Don't go away.
3: we will be back in a moment. Maybe check us out at CarDoctorShow.com.
2: Hey, Ron and the Car Doctor. Thanks for sticking around this hour, and thanks for sticking around. I know you want. I guess you wanted to hear the end of the story. So, this 03 Tahoe, it's it it's got a lean fuel condition, a confirmed bad mass airflow sensor, a PCV valve out of the valve cover, so it's created a crankcase leak or an air leak, unaccounted for air and it's reporting a misfire on cylinder five i go to look at cylinder five just to do a visual it's a coil on plug car and the spark plug wire is chewed up it's been the outer casing has been chewed off an animal a mouse got in there and the wire was arcing against the steering shaft and the side of the frame rail and i said to the customer i said hey tom how's the truck been running and he said, "Well." It was really good, he says. As a matter of fact, the check engine light just kind of popped on. And he said, "Well, wait a minute now." He said, three days ago, it did have a little bit of a miss. I could feel it at idle. It was, bup, 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 bup. it was, I said, like motor boating. He said, "Yeah." So that means three days ago, the mouse chewed through the spark plug wire, took off the outer casing, it shorted against the steering shaft. Tom drove the car, not realizing it, and somewhere along the way, the theory is, and it makes sense, there was a backfire. The backfire, the backfire um, made the engine either made run rough enough or it caused the backfire through the crankcase or who knows. Popped the PCV valve out of the valve cover, blew out the mass airflow sensor, all right, damaged those two, all because of a mouse. So, you know, where do we start this conversation? You know, it all starts somewhere. We look at the cause and effect of why cars break and how they break, and that's just as important as what it takes to fix them. Thanks for sticking around this hour, and I appreciate you being there. I'm Ron Enning, The Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.